Season 4, Episode 6. My name's Adam, and I'm the host of the podcast where we discover... <laughs> we discover that my name's actually Mark Haystick. Howdy, guys. I'm the host of the Birding Life Youth Podcast, but today I overthrow the Birding Life main podcast with a bunch of mates, and because some of us couldn't make it today, the other ambassadors, we got two mascots, uh, two parrots, which you will meet if you watch the YouTube video. Anyways... I'll let Adam do the rest of the introduction. Thanks, Mark, for the intro. So, as it has already been said, due to the fact that on the week that we recorded this episode, we celebrated Youth Day in South Africa, this is a youth episode of the Burning Life podcast. Mark Haystack will be chatting to some of the Burning Life ambassadors and their friends. This is a fun episode covering lots of awesome content. As always, the Burning Life is proud to be associated with Swarovski Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars, and spotting scopes, as well as the Bird Lasser bird logging app, Spot, Plot, Play a Part. Download and install the app to play your part in social conservation. Please take some time to visit our online store on our website. We sell optics, books, art, and a whole lot more, all to help you as a birder. If you need further assistance about products or anything else around the birding life, drop us an email on info at thebirdinglife.com and we will get back to you. So, sit back, pour something to drink, and enjoy this week's episode with Mark and the gang. Okay, so here we are. We've got all five of us here, six of us, excuse me. Uh, Unfortunately, one of our ambassadors can't make it with us today, so we have got some of the ambassadors and friends of the ambassadors. We've got Gert, the parrot. I'm not knowledgeable enough to know what species it is. And we've also got Z, the Cape parrot. All the way from Hogsback in the Eastern Cape. Then we have Yandre and Joan, Justin and Zach and myself, Mark. And we are here assembled. Uh, we are reunited here to talk about Youth Day. What is birding for youth? So I'm very glad you guys have made it. Talking about sheath bulls. Flip guys, how insane is that? That a sheath bull pitched up in Cape Town. Have any of you guys gone to Twitch it yet? Not yet, unfortunately, no. Not yet. It's a bit, bit, bit pricey from Derbs, unfortunately. It cost me four grand, so yeah, not no. an option. Twitching is a bit pricey, especially when you're not retired. But it, it's, <laughs> it gives us something to save up for. So, Justin, you say you might want to go on Wednesday. Yes, yeah, sure. I'm heading up to Cape Town for a couple of other reasons on Wednesday morning early. So, among other things, I'll be going for the sheath bull if it's still around. Excellent, man. All the best of luck with that. And while we're on the topic... That's actually something I want to raise. Some something that you know us as youth birders have as a challenge that we face is when we want to go Twitch, especially those of us who are on this episode who don't have cars yet. Uh, not talking to you, Jean, but it's a difficulty when you can't get around and you want to go Twitch. I mean, can you guys do? You, can you guys relate to that at all? I mean, I've certainly had that experience lately. Except I know Justin's just got his license. The last few months, I'm getting mine in the next two months. Can you guys relate to that at all? Yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a common issue amongst young birders, and I think now we're getting to a stage where things start to open up a little bit. Um, so I've, I've got my license, and I finally did my first twitch on my own um, the other day. Um, so I twitched the Asian oyster catcher at the beginning of this year. Quite a hairy thing. I ended up having to pull off on the side of the M4, and it was. Not much of a shoulder on the road. Anyway, I pulled off and I ran across the road and trying to like look through the dense vegetation down onto the estuary. And yeah, I managed to to see it with a flock of black oyster catchers. So it was pretty epic. 
Brilliant, man. I actually, I actually went for a Eurasian oyster catcher Twitch a few months ago. Remind me if I'm wrong, Justin. Is that oyster catcher still in our area? I believe it is still there. Yeah, I've seen a couple of reports. It's it's the reports are sporadic at the moment because it's it's pretty much resident. But I think the last report that I saw was about a week ago. So it's it's safe to say that it's still around. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Yeah, no, I I see. I've it's I've gotten so used to it being in the area that I've forgotten that it's here. I've seen it three four times now. It's a Eurasian species seen almost at the southern tip of Africa. Um, absolutely insane in my point of view. Eurasian oyster catcher. It's probably only two in South Africa at the moment. But yeah, twitches, guys. I mean, we're we're able to go on a bit more twitches than we used to be able to. Even since the last time we did this episode, taking over the Birding Life main show, we have been able to, you know, we've grown a bit since then. We're a bit older, a whole year. Believe it or not, our voices have gotten deeper even. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm getting my license soon. Justin's got his license. Zach has got his license. So things are changing for us as youth birders, yet we are still youth birders. So even though the physical things aren't holding us back as much as they used to, even as most recent as a year ago, being youth birders, we still face differences and difficulties that are different to those of adult birders. So, you know, there's this stereotype. I'm going to bring it up. This is the first thing that comes to mind when a normal person, as I will categorize them as, looks at you and sees you as a birder. Isn't that an old person's hobby where you go out in the field and look at pigeons and sparrows and por- well, I almost said porcupines. I don't know why I had porcupines in my mind. Porcupine calls behind me. So yeah, why is it seen as this? I mean, why is it seen as a mania an old person's hobby? Like, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Because old people usually have more time. And they have the money to yeah. travel the subregion and go out and get lifers or take yeah. photos. So it's generally just an easier hobby for them to pursue yeah. than being a birder. Birding is very much scalable to your abilities. So if you are still young enough and fit enough to go out and go climb mountains and go into the and stuff, you're going to see more birds. So it's, it's very much a thing of... Whatever you're still capable of, you can you can do. And if you want to scale way way down to sitting on your patio watching birds to your feeder, that's also birding. So it's it's, it's very much scalable to your abilities. Yeah, yeah good point. Yeah, there's 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 different categories of birders. Like there's a scale. Some of them that I can think of is you start at the beginning and you go from bird lover, which is like you just like feeding the wax bulls in your garden, and the the sugar birds come to your your you know water sugar water feeder and then you get um, bird watchers which is like general people who watch birds wherever they go and they keep don't don't necessarily even keep a list but they like watching birds and they learn about them they're not just oh i love birds in general it's i like studying them i like looking out for them then you get a birder who likes to keep his lists more he likes learning about birds he likes some more challenging things so i think there's you know there's a defining line between bird watcher and then birder Maybe that's the line where youth and bird, youth and older people differ in certain aspects. Whereas there's more youth on the side of birder than uh, youth on the side of bird watcher. There's more older people on the side of bird watcher. Um, and then you get twitcher, which is someone who sometimes seen as a professional birder, but otherwise it's it's actually someone who loves keeping their list and going to find rare birds as you know the main drive is bird watching. So all four or more of these aspects of what is a birder have their benefits and are great things. They're, they're just different ways of motivating you to go out and seek birds. So, so yeah, and I'm, I, I kind of categorize myself as, as like a little bit of all of them. 
I think there's always a little bit of all of them in most of us. It's just that um, some of us are more categorized in certain categories more than others. So another interesting point is that most of us here actually managed to get on flock to Marion. Isn't that right, guys? No, two, two of us. Two of us. <laughs> of course. It was, sorry. Oh. Most of us didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the youth took over. Well, the did the youth take over? I want to hear, like, how was it on, on flock? What was the proportion of youth to adults there? Uh, about 5%, if less. Yeah. Like, the majority of the birders were elderly people or like above their 30s. The majority of the youth that were there were ones that had parents that were also interested in birding. So oh, yeah, you see. Yeah, you see. So, yeah, there's a bit of a, an advantage to having parents that are also in birding. They like to bring their sons and daughters mm. along. Okay. Because oh, when we were all saving up for going to flock to Marion, all six of six of us ambassadors, you know, we were trying to get some money together, do some do some fundraising. We were all like thinking of how we would share cabins or what the cabin prices are. And I think they fluctuated like as it got closer to time and stuff. But yeah, I know. Um, I can imagine that there weren't so many youth because it is harder to pay. And those who did go were with guardians, obviously, and people who helped them pay. John, how did you get there? Um, my dad's also a birder, so I basically went along as his guide on the boat. So yeah, he he, he paid for me. So, like so, yeah. you, you say, so you guided your dad. I basically guided my dad. Yes. Oh, nice. That's nice. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah, and then it was um, some of us. The, the the majority of us were left at home, like on oh my word, you know, crying our eyes out, thinking how amazing it is out there. But y'all know, I'm really glad that those who did get to go went. It must have been an amazing experience for the youth that made it. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, meeting new people, gaining knowledge from the community and, and you know, seeing the hotshots. I mean, guys, I mean, you must have met some really cool hotshots there. Big, big birders. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was so cool to see Peter Harrison in person explaining the difference between a wandering albatross and a Tristan albatross while we were looking at Tristan albatross. So well, that was quite the learning experience and also so cool to just see him in person and to know, wow, he's Peter Harrison and he's just like the nicest guy ever. The knowledge the man exudes is unparalleled. Yeah. Yeah, sure. No, I can't imagine. And, and all the guides on Flock to Marion, you know, all these knowledgeable birders, like, you know, helping out saying, what is that Shearwater or that albatross? Oh, my word. I can't imagine it. Must have been amazing. But yeah, guys, um, I think, you know, stuff like that is really valuable to birders. Getting to know the community. When I started birding, I joined a bird club, which helped me to get to know people in my community who are birders. So that's one way that you get to know the community is, is joining a bird club. Um, and my local bird club certainly helped me a lot. I've been part of them for the last four or five years. Here it is on my, my badge. Oh, I, I love it. Most, most of them are retired, but you get some really knowledgeable, respectable people in the, the bird clubs, you know, who, who have been around the country, been around the world, been through stuff, learned things and have so much knowledge to share with you as a youth birder. And this is some topics we touched on last time, but I think you can never really get bored of it. You can't really get enough out of this topic. So yeah, are, are you guys part of bird clubs? No, we are not. Not at the moment. But I mean, the nice thing about meeting people in the bird club is you build connection and then when there's a twitch, you can just go with them. So it helps a little bit 
that's, driving around. That's and also a good thing about bird clubs is they expand your network of birders you know, and mm-hmm. that will help the youth a lot in the sense of getting people that are willing to take you birding and see um, the places that you can't see when you don't have a driver's or a car. Um, so in, in that sense, building your network through bird clubs really does put a quite a good advantage in being part of a bird club as a youth member. Yeah, totally. And I mean, like, sure, I mean, speaking of rarities, I've been able to twitch plenty uh, birds in my area or, you know, not in my immediate vicinity even because they've been willing to pick me up along the way. Um, so I've been incredibly grateful for that. That's helped me grow in my birding and my twitching, you know, that aspect of my birding. I've become a bit of a twitcher because of these other people in the community. Without them, I wouldn't be as much on the twitching side of birding. So, you know, you got to consider that and be grateful for that. Uh, all those whims and thunnies who helped you out, you know, owe a lot of respect to them. So another thing is online. I have plenty of friends who I haven't built great relationships with because I haven't met them before, but they are people I'm acquaintances with and I have a, a somewhat of a relationship with them that I know who they are. I know where they stay. They've showed me awesome bird sightings they've had. And one instance was I did a youth, Birding Life Youth Meetup here in the Garden Route. Yuri Blachnot came down from Northwest province in South Africa and Ivan and his brother Ruven came from Cape Town. They joined us. We went to go join his grandpa in Plettenberg Bay, who owns a boat on the Kierbooms Estuary. And um, Justin came with, and it was me and us Us boys went on their grandpa's boat, checked this Eurasian oyster catch out. You know, Ruven and his brother were steering the boat, showing us around. You know, they're, they're like, his brother's below 13. So, I mean, they're very impressive, very enthusiastic young birders. And it was just great to get us all together where the, most of us in the group had never met each other before, although we kind of knew each other and we were twitching together. We were listening together. Uh, we were meeting each other for the first time. It was a great vibe, great experience. And so that's one way online helped. And um, many of us in that group weren't even part of bird clubs, but we we knew a lot of people and now we got to know each other. So that was a great experience. And and by the way, Yuri, during Yuri's stay in the garden route, he actually found a redneck phalarope um, in Flair's Bay area. And that was his first rarity find. I was like super jealous because, I mean, here this guy finds probably the first record of redneck phalarope in the garden route and he's coming on holiday here. So then I, I caught a lift with some bird club members to go twitch that as well. So yeah, I mean, connections, guys, has a lot to do with the fundamental of birding. Birding has to do with the community. And I think, you know, um, it becomes a lifestyle, especially when you get to know other people and i think it's a great reason that the birding life is called the birding life because it's not just a hobby it is for most people becoming a lifestyle and now i want to ask you guys what are some disadvantages cool. what can you think of that is on the downside of being part of a bird club um, and i'm talking about general bird clubs with old people as well it's generally quite a bit of a, a stigma against youth birders for them not having experience. So that does come through quite a bit with certain people in bird clubs. But they tend to categorize you as a, a less experienced, well, obviously less experienced, but less knowledgeable birder based on your age. And I've seen some some youth birders that have insane knowledge, um, far exceeding quite a few of the older people that I know. Um, so there is a bit of a stigma attached to being young. Joanna, doesn't, it doesn't even have to be in birding club. It can be even like something on Facebook. You try and correct the ID and then the people don't want to believe you. 
also another disadvantage of being in a bird club is that it's more of a social gathering than a birding outing. So it'll be a slower, it'll be a later start. It'll be slower birding. Uh, a bird club is more of an advantage for your social birding life than it is for your for adding to your list and seeing birds. But it definitely, it definitely is a massive contributor to how much you learn. And I think another disadvantage um, regarding bird clubs is is often this idea that twitching is and the way that youth birders often bird. And I think the general consensus among a lot of youth birders is we love twitching. Like we choose twitching any day over going to the local nature reserve. You know, so when I do get a chance to go birding, I want to be going up to Zulaland to find the rarity that's there or doing something like that to add to my KZN list or to add to my subregion list. And I feel that a lot of bird clubs, the idea from the a lot of the people in the club is that that's not the best way to be birding. And it's they almost portray that it's the wrong way to be birding because it's a selfish way of birding. Yeah. Because you're not worried about conservation, that you're not putting into the club. Because a lot of the time the club doesn't go on twitches. You might join people, you know, go on twitches with people from the club, but the club outings and that are not going on twitches. So when you're not constantly involved in the, the the routine outings to the local areas, you almost get you get the feeling that people feel that you be selfish and you mm. you're not putting into the bird club you you but you're putting into your own list. And it's quite ugly. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Sure. Your birding can get ugly if you consider those things. Um, you know, certain people, as you say, they they look down on certain types of birders. If you're not their type of birder and they're sensitive, they might look down on you and uh, discriminate you for being a twitcher, for example. And, you know, that's one of the main drives of birding these days. You know, I, I get, even by non-birders, non-birders look at me when I'm talking about birds, like, guys, check this uh, Nisner woodpecker that's that's in town. I took this photograph, like, oh, wow, how rare is it? And they're like a, non, a, no, a novice birder or a non-birder. And I'm like, well, it's not actually rare. It's just really pretty. And they're like, oh, okay, okay. And then they back off. They don't want to hear more about the conversation because it's not a rare bird. It doesn't interest them because they're not interested in the beauty of the birds and the, the background as to what it's all about. They, they're only interested in as to how cool it is that you found the bird and how much attention you'll get because you find it. And that's the thing about twitching. You get attention for finding rare birds. You get attention for having a rare bird on your list. Um, and if you don't have it on your list, you're not seen as as good of a birder because twitching has become so much of the fundamental of birding these days, even though it isn't based on that. Birding is supposed to be based on the love for birds. And, and from there, it branches off into the different aspects. That's what I believe. But, you know, you can go into there's a whole different conversation about this. Um, so, yeah. And I think bird clubs are like that. It's, it's not based on the fundamental of twitching. So it's it's more about the love of birds, seeing what birds you can find, and appreciating for what they what they are in their own habitats. Because that's what I guess, because the majority of people in bird clubs are older, that's what older people like to do. They like to appreciate what's around them and take it slow and steady, rather than rush around for the adrenaline rush of seeing an epic bird that's not supposed to be and feeling special because you found it. So anyway, I love this topic. We could go on for ages, but let's let's move on, shall we? Um, just to add to that, I do think that the love of birds is a very subjective thing. So if your love of birds is driving 1,400 kilometers to go see one rare bird that's not supposed to be there. Or just to find an endemic in that area. Yeah, find an endemic to take it easy, start at 8 a.m. and do an hour walk with mates and come back. 
that's that's how you love words. That's how you love words. So, so that's that's very much up to interpretation to the burden. Um, yeah, it differs from person to person. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's once mm-hmm. again, burning is what you make. Mm-hmm. Burning is what you make. It is what it exactly is to you, that. for sure, for sure. And and now, exactly. just to round it off a bit, guys, uh, can you guys tell me? I want to hear your experiences that you've had that defeat the point I made earlier about the stereotype of birding. The stereotype of birding being just for old people. What experiences that have you guys had that defeat that point? I've seen the I've seen the contra- the community of youth birders that's enormous and it's honestly energetic and it's a lot of fun to be around we've got the several whatsapp groups for the youth birders and although it gets a bit hectic sometimes it is it's just how everybody has fun and it's for the love of birding it's not necessarily an age thing i think the fact that the uh, birding life youth podcast exists just pays homage to how birding has more youth in the past few years. Um, there has been a lot more youth birders coming on the board and coming on the radar in the past few years than there have been the previous years. And I do think that is very much due to the fact that a lot of older people tend to take younger people under their wing, uh, show them the beauty of birding, beauty of birds and all that stuff, and how to appreciate nature for generations to come and taking them to places that they've been to for years and years as children and showing them, um, showing their children and grandchildren and people that they know that are part of the youth birding community. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a realization. It's a combination of the realization. Did I say combination? Okay. You know what I mean? It's of, of, of realizing how cool it is to go birding, to be a birder, to be part of a community that are like-minded people focusing on the same thing, to get out with a focus, to record observe and like understand and learn about these things out there. And also uh, with technology, cameras these days have become such an advantage to birders uh, who want to grow. And it has accelerated the growth of from, from being a non-birder to a novice birder to being a bird watcher, you know, a birder, a fully grown birder. Because you, you take a camera, you can snap a shot. And now you've got like these burst modes, these flipping awesome lenses and and stuff that you you can take that photo home. Yandra uh, is laughing at me because he's like a pro photographer compared to me, and he 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 has in mind a whole lot of much more professional terms to use at the moment because I use some really swack ones that just you know sound like an amateur. But anyways, you know, take those photos home. <laughs> yeah, I'm joking too, man. So what I, what I wanted to say was like you you take your photos home that you took you took in the field and you can not only remember what you saw and try to remember the colors of which part of the wing it looked like, you know, but now you've got a photo, your photographic evidence that you can either put on the internet. It'll tell you exactly what it is, or you can look back in your bird book, or you can send it to other people for them to identify for you. So bird identification has gone up much faster. Interest in birds now, because there's an aspect of photography involved in it as well. You don't just take your binoculars around, take your camera too. Um, Birding, the, the there's a variety of different ways of birding now. So now, now added to that list of different types of bird watchers, you also get bird photographers, and that's also type of birding. So yes, I really think that the youth have picked up in the amount of of of, of birding in the last while, especially in the the third world countries. You know, where there's a where people have more access to things. Um, America and Europe, there's a lot more youth birders in other countries in the world, and so yeah. 
I, I, I really, I really have seen a lot of growth in that. And um, now just to hear from you guys, for the youth birders out there and for people who might want to get involved in birding, what do you have, what, what tips can you give for young birders who want to give it a go, want to give it a bash and start on this journey of the birding life? Spend time in the birding. That's exactly, there's no better teacher than being out of the field. Uh, preferably get yourself a field guide or the app or something like that. A source of reference and just spend time in the field, look at birds, try and identify them and just learn. Just learn from the birds, learn from the books, learn from each other, network, get to know people that are like-minded and just enjoy it. That's at the end of the day, that's birding. That's going yeah. yeah, I think that's a big thing, just joining a community. Birding by yourself can be very, very hard. Yeah, and I mean, you don't have to start birding in an, in a reserve or the Kruger National Park, for example. You can even start birding in your garden and begin with the common species and then build yourself up and then you can expand into community or... That's where youth breeding has also has a bit of an advantage is you're forced to make do with what you have. And yeah. for most people, you have your garden and you have maybe a, a local park or something like that or a nature reserve or a little preserve and that's that's where you learn that's where you specialize and that's where you start learning the birds um off by heart before you go further afield and to areas you haven't been in with new birds you experience new place Absolutely. Um, so it, it's all climbing the ladder of your birding journey and mm. for a lot of people you don't have to jump straight into trying to see seven eight hundred birds and yeah twitching and stuff yeah. Exactly. So slow and birds. It brings me back nostalgia what you're saying right now, Jean. I started birding in my neighborhood and I just had my 12 times Zoom camera with me. Brew, this thing was ancient. I got it for my ninth birthday, passed down from my parents that they got like for their wedding or something. I don't know. And anyways, that's what I used to observe my birds with. I had no binoculars, so I used my camera's Zoom to get pictures of birds, take it home and identify. Now it's in my home neighborhood. And you know, the, I started birding very slowly like that. And I, and I, 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 I was birding with Justin. We, we got together. We went birding a lot. And over the last four or five years, we've grown in so many different ways. And then I joined the bird club. So as you said, I joined the community and that helped me so much. I always like to say it boosted my birding. Excuse alliteration. But uh, that, that, that was how it started for me, you know. And I was also a bit of a bird photographer back then. But since I got some nice binoculars, it's, it's really gripped onto me that like that way. Analog. Sometimes birding analog way is just so much more authentic and lacquer, I must just say. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Please take the time to check out the other resources we have on our website. If you have any other questions or comments, please drop us an email on info at thebirdinglife.com. All relevant links from the episode can be found in the notes to the show. Until next time, be blessed and happy birding.